This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everybody and welcome to this week's Squiggly Queer podcast. I am Helen Tupper. I'm one of the co-founders of Amazing If and I am here in person in Marlebone Station with the other co-founder Sarah Ellis. Hi everyone. So you'll have to excuse us if there's a little bit of noise or if it's a bit echoey because we're in quite a large meeting room with just two of us with just two of us <laughs> with wooden floors and quite a lot of people walking around but on the bright side we get to be together which um, yeah which always makes always us happy. Makes us happy. You'll probably hear that in the podcast. It's not nine o'clock in the evening when we're recording in the dark. So this week then on the Squiggly Quiz podcast we're going to be talking about gravitas. It's a small word but it always sounds quite big and impressive and I think sometimes we get feedback on gravitas. It's the sort of thing that people will say to you oh you need more gravitas when you're in the room Helen or Sarah it'd be great if you could bring a bit more gravitas to that situation. Or presence sometimes people say yeah. yeah. And it's like that's really interesting but I don't really know what that means Mm. and I don't really know how to do it. So what we're going to do this week is talk about actually what we think it means. Um, We're going to talk about a few myths of gravitas, challenge a few of those myths so that gravitas is something that we can all develop whatever stage you're at in your career. And we're also going to share some really, really practical top tips for you so that you can start investing some time in uh, developing your gravitas now. So maybe the first thing that we can do is have a bit of a chat, I think, about what gravitas actually means. Sarah and I had a very brief chat before we pressed record uh, and you've got a definition, haven't you, about what it means to you? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and because I think it's something that people often get feedback on, my first question actually would be, if somebody has given you that feedback, ask a follow-up question. So if someone has said, I think it'd be really helpful for you to improve your gravitas or presence, say, oh, that's really useful, can you explain to me what you think that would look like? Just so that you can start to understand what do people mean when they say it, because I think even Helen and I's definition of this, people come at it from lots of different perspectives. So my starting point is... I feel like I've got gravitas if people listen to what I've got to say and take me seriously. So they're not just listening because they have to, but they're listening because they want to and they're considering what I've got to say and they're kind of engaging with it. That's when I feel I've got gravitas in a conversation. And I've been a bit lazy. I actually haven't come up with my own definition. I've (laughs) I've cut and pasted some from an article that really resonated with me and we'll put the article in the links. The first was that gravitas is strong opinions, seriously held based on solid experience, which I quite liked. And then the other one that I liked was gravitas is 
A deep-rooted confidence without arrogance. It's the ability to challenge without being unnecessarily adversarial. Mm, Quite like that as well. Yep. That's what they definitely resonate with me when I think about people that I think have got gravitas, got a strong opinion, they're confident in sharing it, but there's almost like a calmness in how they approach it and almost a little bit of serious as well. They're not making it light and funny and inspiring. It's a serious point that they're making or that people kind of buy into their thinking. There's a fine line, isn't there, between... I almost riled a little bit when you said strong opinion because I was thinking, oh, I don't want people to take that as you've got to go in and be very, you know, this is the only way, it's my way or the highway. Mm. And actually, when we come on to some of the myths, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more. But I think that's just having a kind of point of view that you feel confident sharing. It doesn't mean that then you're not open to other people's ideas and perspective and listening, but it means you won't just be swayed by someone else saying something different or by the most senior people in the room, I guess. Yeah, I agree. As ever then, when we talk about topics on the podcast, we always want to relate it back to why is it relevant in a squiggly career? So why is this having this point of view and communicating it in a compelling way so that people sort of bought into your perspective? Why is that relevant in a squiggly career? Is it more relevant now than it has been in the past? I think it will be because previously, if you were in the same situations a lot you can build gravitas and presence almost by repeatability. So when people know you, they respect you, and they know you're really brilliant at your job, if you're with the same people all the time, there's something about um, people just know you, and they kind of have confidence in what you bring. And so maybe over time you have to work kind of less hard at something you have to kind of think about. You just, by turning up, people know they sort of trust you. Whereas I think in a squiggly career, we're now all working on lots more projects in lots of different contexts with lots of different people inside and outside of our organisations. I think you have less time. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you can rely on your reputation of being brilliant to give you gravitas and presence. Actually, you need to be able to turn up and very quickly have that point of view, get people to feel confident in you so that you can make progress Mm -hmm. on things. And so I think actually within a squiggly career because you're in so many different sorts of situations, how do you bring that gravitas and presence day in, day out? So it becomes more of um, a habit rather than just something that you associate with a big meeting. Because I think this is often the thing. If I think back to my days in Sainsbury's and in very big companies, you would really think about this when you've got a really big, important presentation or meeting where you'd be like, right, I really need to have gravitas and presence in this one particular moment. (laughs) And just in that moment and I don't need to worry about it for the rest of the time whereas now I think actually it's more of a whether I'm with my peers my team the people I'm working for it's something you want to kind of take with you but do it in your own way also I think that squiggly careers are less defined by hierarchy Mm. and I think there's some assumptions I think one of the myths that we'll come on to is that gravitas is about how senior you are you know the more senior you are and if you're senior leader or senior manager they're the people that need to think about gravitas in a squiggly career where hierarchy becomes less important it was less defined in your career actually we want to look at how we can develop gravitas at all levels of the organization so I think a squiggly career makes it even more important for you to think about well, what does Gravitas look like for me? Because you're going to have more and more opportunity to show that in your career where there's going to be less hierarchy. And I think it is worth, before we talk about the myth, stating that some people, I do believe, have a natural talent around Gravitas and presence. So we've talked before about strengths and natural talents. I think some people walk into a room and for whatever reason, they do have this. It's kind of part of their DNA and who they are. And that's great. But I would say the majority of the people that we know who are really good at this have 
thought about it, have worked on it, have improved. So it's definitely something that you might see the odd individual where you just go, well, they just have it as part of kind of who they are, which is great for them. But I wouldn't say that's something that I naturally have. You know, I don't, I walk into a room and I'm small, female. You um, do when you speak. Okay, that's good. Thanks for that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> very specific feedback. <laughs> um, but so I've had to work quite hard on this over the years, especially in some quite big corporate environments where maybe you're the only woman in a room or maybe you're the least senior person in a room. That happened to me quite a lot. And so that point about how to have gravitas when you then do speak, like Helen's just given me that feedback there to go, you do have gravitas when you speak. But I think that's something I worked on and started to work out how I could have impact in a way that was still right for me. Okay, well, um, we mentioned myths a few times, so let's talk about those. We'll take them one by one. So our first myth is that having gravitas is about how loud you are. And by loud, it's a couple of different things we're implying there. The first is, like, literally how loud you talk when you're in a room. Also, maybe, like, how big your presence is. So it's about the person who is kind of filling the room and they're kind of making the most hand gestures with their body language, you know, those kind of people. And a lot of people associate that with gravitas. But actually, if I think about some of the people I um, know that have gravitas some people do have that but it's not you don't have to have that so I was actually thinking about someone we both know Sarah called Phil Rumble oh yeah and Phil Rumble is uh, used to be marketing director at Cadbury and now he is kind of very senior in an agency and what I really like about Phil whenever I meet with Phil whenever I talk to him I always think he has gravitas but he's quiet yeah really quiet He, he doesn't say a huge amount of words but they're really you kind of, I feel like I always want to lean in and listen to him. And I've seen him hold a room of about eight people. That was when I was first met him. And I've also had sort of one-to-one conversations with him. And he is not in any way what I would describe as loud in body language or in how he speaks. But he has a lot of gravitas. He has a lot of credibility. There's a seriousness. So it's not how loud you are. And it's also not how senior you are. Mm. And we talked about within squiggly career context, lots of organisations are becoming flatter. And so I think over time, actually, this point about hierarchy starts to have less relevance. And just this assumption that some people make of like, oh, well, you automatically have gravitas because you're senior. Lots of people are kind of starting to dispel that as being those two things are correlated. And actually, the people who are progressive understand that the point of view of somebody who is brand new in their career or early in their career is just as valid and as important because they have a whole different perspective to the person who's 40 years into their career. The point is actually around a diversity of ideas and thoughts and perspectives will always get you to a better outcome. What you just need to make sure that you do is deliver those thoughts and ideas with gravitas for those to have impact. And often some of these things, I think, naturally, of course, do come with experience. So, you know, the more experienced you are, the more confident you feel... And therefore, sometimes you get this association with, oh, it's people who are more senior. I often think it's actually just the people who practised a bit more. Mm. The final point in terms of myths is it's not how much you talk. You don't need to be the person who is dominating a conversation to have gravitas and presence. Often, I would actually say my observation has been sometimes the reverse is true. It's the people who listen, observe emotionally intelligent who understand what's happening within a conversation and then when they do contribute they're incredibly insightful and if actually it's what you say and how you say it versus the quantity of what you're saying so it's kind of quality over quantity I think in terms of gravitas and actually the opposite can be true certainly if you talk too much and you don't pause for breath that often has the opposite effect and I know that um 
certainly sometimes if I'm nervous, I'll keep talking. And, you know, especially for the people who are not talking mm. and I'm not getting that much interaction from a room, you just sort of keep going. And having that bravery to stop, let people reflect, see if there's any questions. Actually, that, that is a, gives you presence and gravitas, I think. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so hopefully we've covered a couple of myths there and you're with us, you're, you're kind of believers, you're not kind of still holding those myths around. So next we want to get really practical then. So if this is something you're thinking, yes, I buy into this development of squiggly career, I appreciate those myths, I've got them out of my mind now, I want to do something about this. We're going to go through five tips that can help you. So the first tip then is that one of the things that can help you to have gravitas is to make sure that you really believe in the thing that you are talking about. If you are reading someone else's words or you're sharing someone else's opinion, you won't naturally have that um, gravitas when you're talking. So make sure that you really believe in what you're sharing to a room. Sometimes that can be because you've got some emotional connection to it or it's a piece of research that's really resonated. But I do think that the belief in what you say correlates to the gravitas you have when you're talking about it. And linked to that, and I think it's a separate action, I was speaking to my guru in this area. I've got a friend called James Healy who really specialises in this area of gravitas and presence. And he's done some brilliant coaching for the teams that I've been part of in the past. Obviously, he got a WhatsApp from me going, right, what, what are your top tips? Because he's brilliant in this area. And one of the things that he says to do is to define for yourself what you want gravitas to mean. So come up with your own definition and then work out how do you embody that in your mind, body and voice. 
to really have great gravitas, you need to be prepared to listen to other people and to demonstrate that. So ranting about your strong opinion is not gravitas. That's just a rant about something you believe in. Gravitas comes more from, it's almost like a bit more objective, I suppose. So you are communicating a strong point of view, but you're prepared to listen to other people. You're prepared to have challenge. It's not entering a debate, but it is that ability to listen, understand, interpret, you probably still stay true to the thing that you ultimately believe in because that point around having gravitas is about having a strong, unwavering belief. So just make sure you, in your own mind, are prepared to listen to other people, but then that you actively demonstrate that. So ways that you could do that are once you've kind of shared your point of view. So if I've got a point of view that actually I think all companies should invest in career development for their employees because I think it makes you happier and more engaged and productive, what I might do after sharing that point is say, what's your perspective on this? I'm really interested in are you of that view or you have a different view. So you can demonstrate active listening by asking mm-hmm. those questions that invite a perspective that may or may not be different to yours yeah I think there's probably been quite a lot of instances in my career where I've been presenting a recommendation but by listening to other people in the room there might be something better and actually I think you can manage that conversation in a way where your exact recommendation might change but you can maintain gravitas and actually I think that's something I've done quite a lot of is You've worked really hard and you go into a conversation with a strong opinion. You almost have even more gravitas by actually being prepared to maybe amend some things because people have different perspectives and experience that they can kind of help make what you've got even better. So idea number four is objectivity over emotion. And this is a nice little phrase that Helen's coined. It's very tweetable. Objectivity over emotion. And this is really about making sure that I think objectivity is the place that you start when you're kind of constructing your argument or your point of view, because often these things are things that we really care about, which we talked about in point number one, and that that can then end up feeling like you've lost your sense of perspective and judgment, which usually you haven't. It can just sometimes come across that way. A really useful bit of research to look at in this space is the chimp paradox work. There's a really good free YouTube video and basically it's just understanding how your brain works and that essentially there's two parts of your brain and this is obviously me massively <laughs> oversimplifying in like how, how the brain works um, and just generally neuroscience but it talks about there's kind of the part of the brain that processes everything that's factual, logic, truth, very objective and then there's the chimp part of your brain that can take over at times and sometimes it's subconscious or it's unconscious you don't know it's happening but the chimp part of your brain is much more emotional and can kind of get in the way of that more rational logic and decision making and almost those things come together and then that's how your kind of brain processes things which I really hope the guy that wrote the book doesn't ever listen to (laughs) because you know you sort of go his name is I think it's Stephen Levitt no one no one tweet him on our podcast oh actually I'll be delighted if he does listen (laughs) that would be amazing Um, I, I love his work so what's the action then for people so I think the action here is to start by being objective but also to think about if you're having a conversation and you start to feel more emotional or people react emotionally because sometimes especially if you're doing something that's controversial or where people have got massively different points of view people often do react with the subconscious rather Mm, than acting with the logical part of their brain and this has really helped me so there are some things that I'm doing at work at the moment where when people are reacting they are reacting incredibly emotionally and then I find it really hard to know what to do and kind of where to go next 
even by understanding that that's what's happening and almost giving people time to absorb and process, you then find people almost get past that and then come back to the more logical, truth, mm. factual and start asking you some really interesting questions. I think previously in my career, if people had reacted in that way, it would have really thrown me. And then I would have kind of lost my gravitas and presence because I would have become kind of less confident in how to navigate those conversations. So try and stay in the kind of logical mode, either because somebody else has gone into emotional mode or if you feel yourself going towards it, just maybe take a bit of a pause before you react with the emotion. Yeah. So our last tip then is around storytelling. So storytelling is a really compelling way that you can have gravitas because we talked about these strong views that you really believe in. Stories are a great way to illustrate those and to bring people with you. You know, people lean into stories. Gravitas or not, being able to communicate with stories is a really compelling thing for you to develop. The best training ground that we can recommend to you is to go and watch some people talk on TED because a lot of people use stories in their TED presentations. Off the top of our heads, two that we we can recommend to you the first is amy cuddy who does a talk on body language and she talks about personal experience for her and there's another one dame stephanie shirley who talks about why ambitious women have flat heads i think is the title of it she just talks about her career and she just has the most amazing i think she just sits on a stool for about the 18 minutes or so of her presentation and you're drawn into everywhere she has so much gravitas on the stage and she's not your typical ted talk she's a bit older than a lot of the ted speakers she holds that entire room and the millions of people that have watched the ted talk since so go and have a watch of those but again as ever this is about authenticity so it's about thinking about what is the thing you want to communicate what are some stories that are authentic to you that you can use to illustrate that point and practicing it a little bit and getting some maybe tips things that feel like something that you might do you know watch those people on ted not all of them are going to do it in a way that feels natural to you but some of them might do and what you'll find is it's the stories that people remember so you sort of need the objectivity and the facts because that's kind of the rational part of your brain almost processing them and you sort of need the stories to get the engagement it's incredible when helen and i will be doing career development training with people and we'll do all these amazing tools, techniques, things that we think are really kind of helpful for people. And then we'll tell one story about a disastrous career decision that we made. And that's the thing everybody can remember. Yeah, but true. then what's useful is they remember that and anchored to that are the hints, the tips, the tools that we want people to use. I think sometimes storytelling makes it sound like you need an incredible journey or a really big story to be able to tell. I think a story can be as simple as you've been and spoken to some of the other people you work with and they've shared their perspectives. If you work in an environment where you can go and visit a factory or the stores or they can be really small moments and they're just as compelling. You know, you don't need a massive kind of life-changing story to make this work. At BP, we had a new market director come in and no one knew her and every, you know, new people you're always a bit yeah. like what are they like what are they, they going to change uh, yeah, what are they, they going to change how good are they and she just did this like day in the life of your new marketing director and it was really compelling she basically just talked about her day and what she did and what was important to her and it just gave her just some gravitas some of the stuff that she was talking about and everyone really lent into what she had to say which then almost created the space for her to talk about some of the ways that she would then lead the team yeah i think if she'd just gone in with this she wouldn't have brought the room with her but because she started with a story you were sort of warmed up to them you were there yeah you were there it's pretty smart stuff so just to summarize for everybody our five tips for developing your gravitas number one believe in what you do and what you say Number two, define what gravitas means to you and then embody it in your mind, body and voice. Number three, be prepared to listen and take on feedback. 
Number four, objectivity over emotion. And number five, the power of storytelling. So next week then, we are going to be back with you as ever in our lovely Squiggly Careers podcast, but we're going to be tackling the subject of decision making at work. We're all faced with lots of decisions. Sometimes they're really big ones that we have a lot of angst over and sometimes they're small everyday ones. In fact, I was looking at something, I think it was writing for our book, Sarah, and I think it's something like we're faced with, the average person is faced with 35,000 decisions a day. Now they're not all no. work. Yeah, because it's stuff like, what am I going to wear today? When do I go to the toilet? What am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? Am I having coffee or tea? Like, do <laughs> put the light on or off like it's not all like should I speak in this presentation you know you get decision making fatigue I have been in jobs where I've had decision making fatigue definitely but we're going to be tackling this subject probably not the coffee or tea thing or when you should go to the toilet maybe more significant career decisions when we're talking about decision making what makes good decisions maybe some tools that can help you that is in next week's podcast and if you ever have any ideas for podcasts that you would love us to cover this week came from a listener this week Gravitas and Presence was a request it did Um, I feel like we're a radio show show. we we take tape Requests. We do take requests. You Old can school. email them. Well, there's lots of ways you can get in touch with us, actually. But you can email your request to getintouch at amazingif.com or you can message us on Twitter. There, we're just at amazing underscore if. Or you can follow us and get in touch with us on Instagram where we are just at amazingif. And that's where we do our daily squiggly career tip as well on Instagram stories. So loads of places that you can find us in between our weekly podcasts. And as ever, thank you for spending your time with us every week. We really appreciate our community. We value your engagement and I guess the more you're here and the more you're sharing it with other people the more it enables us to keep doing this and we love doing it so thank you thanks everyone and we'll speak to you again next week bye for now Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.